welcome to this episode of the Being Civil podcast with me, Wayne Gibbons. In this episode, I get to talk with David McGoey. Now, David is currently residing in New Zealand, so he's really bringing an international flavor to the podcast in this episode. David's job title is construction manager, and he's working on a project called Ameti, which is the construction of a new busway in East Auckland, which is valued at $120 million. In his role, he reports to the project manager and he's responsible for all of the construction aspects of the project, from program and cost to safety and environmental compliance, managing a team of project engineers, site engineers, quantity surveyors and field surveyors. I'll be back at the end of this episode with a little bit more information about a project that David talks about. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy me being civil with David McGoey where the first question I asked him was, when did he graduate and what happened next for him? Uh, yeah, thanks, Wayne. I, um, I started in GMIT in 2007 and graduated in 2012. I think, um, I think we were the, the first year to do the honours degree. I'm not sure how many other years you had after it, actually. Um, and what did I do directly after... I I got into I got into a job in Intel as a structural design engineer, basically um, operating CAD, three D, three D CAD and um, and BIM software. So I spent the first two and a half years doing that up in up in Leakslip in Kildare. Ah, okay, very good. So you you actually did the level eight in GMIT. Yeah, I think there was a there was a group of maybe nine or ten of us who were doing it. I suppose a lot of your class would have gone to uh, the UK for their level eight at, at that time. So, what what was your thought process behind staying in GMIT? Um, I'm not sure back at the time actually. Um, it was um, it was an opportunity I suppose that came up. Um, I was I was good buddies with Brian Kearns at the time, and he was thinking about hanging around too. Um, I suppose I didn't have much interest in, in traveling at the time. That obviously changed. Um, but yeah, the, a lot of the guys went to Edinburgh and a few more to Liverpool. But yeah, stayed, stayed put in GMIT. Now, at this point in the episode, there was a small glitch with the audio at my side. But the next question that I asked David was, why did he choose civil engineering? for his college choice yeah i was uh, i was trying to think back on this i've got vague memories of um looking at courses to choose and i i had a chat with a friend of mine at the time jj who was actually a year ahead of me in gmit he went and did civil engineering but it was a I knew I wanted to do some form of engineering, so it was it was going to be civil or mechanical. I can't uh, I can't remember what swung it at the time, um, but yeah, ended up going down the the civil engineering route. Um, I suppose I didn't have a great deal of knowledge at the time of, uh, of of where one could end up as opposed to the other, but um, yeah, it's worked out so far. Yeah, all right, fair enough, and. Um after you went to to intel and leakslip can you give us a, a bit of an outline on where your career path went after that maybe bring us up to date a little bit 
Yeah, so the, I suppose with, um, with Intel, um, it's totally different to what I'm doing now. It was very, it was very design based and, and CAD based. Um, but yeah, there was, uh, I, myself and a group of friends, um, including Noel Mahan, uh, one of the guys who I graduated with, uh, we, we decided to go down to um, New Zealand for a year. The, the idea was to was to go for go for a year work work and travel and maybe go to a few more places along the way um, and continue to work and travel but um, I uh, I arrived in New Zealand in what year was this um, March 2015 and I've been here ever since so um, yeah I've, I I didn't really I didn't really enjoy the design side of things and um, got some really good opportunities in Intel and um, uh, the job, the job went pretty well, but I, I really wanted to get more on the field, on the ground, um, be, be more involved with the construction side of things. So I, I, uh, I got a job with a company called Fulton Hogan in, in Christchurch and um, that was as a, a site engineer. And that was working on, I suppose, road rehab and um, and services in the road after after an earthquake that happened there in two thousand and eleven. Um, so I spent I spent probably two years in Christchurch, and then there was another earthquake that happened on the east coast in Kaikoura, and that that caused a huge amount of damage. Um, so ended up working on a project there called Nectar which was another two years and then I've moved further up um, to Auckland City where I've been for the past year working on another project but not earthquake related thank god. Um, what, what are the challenges with earthquake rehabilitation? Um, I suppose when I came to the job in Christchurch, it was um, it was reasonably straightforward because it was a few years after the actual earthquake. So the the emergency response and the the emergency works had already been complete in terms of. Um, I think when it happened in Christchurch, the the city was shut down. It was um, it was completely blocked off. It was uh, only the emergency services and the army were allowed in there at the time. And that was like that way for a number of months. So um, Kaikoura, I was, in, I was in Christchurch when the earthquake happened. Um, to give you an idea, uh, Kaikoura is probably two and a half hours drive north of Christchurch. And when the when the earthquake hit, um, I think it was maybe a six point eight. Um, and when it hit down in Christchurch, my my whole apartment shook. Um, and it it was it was what they referred to as a kind of a rolling earthquake, and it went on for maybe a minute and a half, two minutes, and it just the the whole the whole building just continued to shake. Not really aggressively, but but enough to enough to get you out of bed and wake up. Wow! Yeah, but that's that, I'd say that was pretty scary. I can only imagine what it was like. Um, and do, does that does being in an earthquake region does that change how some of the structural engineering is designed? Then, oh, definitely. Yeah, there's 
Uh, there's always some pretty interesting stuff happening. I know in, in Wellington, um, which is the capital of New Zealand, that's built on the fault line. And um, they're, 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 always, um, they're always trying um, new, new methods of foundations for building and testing out new uh, different bits and pieces for actually modeling how buildings perform in the earthquake. Um, I suppose if you're if you're into that seismic design, it's probably one of the best places to be. Right, that sounds interesting, and it's definitely something that would be, I suppose, unusual anyway in in terms of civil engineering qualifications and training in Ireland. We just don't have anything really like that, so it doesn't really come into our thought processes. But it's definitely a, an interesting area, I'm sure. Um, you mentioned that you've kind of moved on a little bit from the earthquake uh, regions and the earthquake works. Uh, so what, what are you currently working on then? What's, what's a typical day like for you? Uh, so I'm, I'm construction manager for a, a new busway project, which is uh, it's part of a, a bigger busway initiative to get um, to get a route from east right throughout East Auckland to the airport. So it's a it's a hundred million dollar project. Um, it's it's on its way. It's probably about sixteen months old now, and we're looking to wrap up most of it um, in another ten months. But um, typical days. So yeah, I'm I'm construction manager for the project. Um, in in my team, there would be maybe um, eight to ten engineers um, on the on the on the civil construction side of things, which would be um, everything except the bridge that we're building. Um, so a typical day, I suppose it goes week by week a little bit. So um, this next week is going to be um, the the program update to the client. So there'll be a, a concentration on our monthly program update. Um, also next month is the, the claim to the client. So um, a lot of work involving the, the QSs to get that ready. Um, and then the following month, we'll have a project review, which comes from which we, I suppose we review the project with our, with our own company. Um, another project review with our, with our client. Uh, so yeah, week by week, it's um, it's a lot of meetings, um, and just trying to to keep the keep the job going and um, troubleshooting when it comes up. Right, and it, do you think that's a kind of a natural career progression to go from site engineering into management? Uh, seems to be the construction side of things it does yeah so I started off as a site engineer in Christchurch um, for a little over a year then moved up to project engineer um, uh, after that uh, a year or so project manager and I, I got a really good opportunity with the job in Kaikoura and that was uh, a construction manager role as well and uh, it was it was quite a bit more involved to what I was doing in Christchurch. So the the projects that I was involved in Christchurch would have been in the range range of one to five million dollars. Um, the the job up in Kaikoura overall has ended up at one point two billion. So it's it's way 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 bigger stuff. The um the zone that I would have been involved in the central zone, the uh, the budget for that would have been. 
380 million so just totally totally off the scale but it was a great opportunity um and it it went really well um that that project i i i left about a year ago but um it's it's just about winding up now it's been winding up kind of for the last year or so but um but yeah it tends to uh, the more you progress the more you get away from the engineering and it just um your day is dominated by by management i suppose and it's not just management of engineers um as the as the project gets bigger there's um there's financial the qs's um we have a, a communications team who deals with um issues with the public in any advertising of um we'll say road closures upcoming works works that might affect the public um we've got a a project programmer we've got our project controls which handles the 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 monthly the monthly financials and how that's presented and for the review uh commercial managers uh what else have we got we've got safety safety manager two safety advisors um we've got uh, an environmental manager on top of that so it, it just becomes a, a huge team Right, so you've moved away from the technical and the site stuff and you've gone into the, the management. So does that require a different kind of set of skills, I suppose? Maybe would communications be one of the key things or what would, what would you say is the key thing for that type of a role? Yeah, I suppose uh, definitely communication. It's, um, it's one of the biggest things that's involved in it. Um, how you communicate with people, um, managing people essentially. Um, trying to keep a, a reasonably big team happy. Um, uh, the various meetings you put in place just to keep the, keep the information flowing. Um, that's just your own team. And then you've, um, you've got a client where you've, um, you've also got to keep them involved, uh, keep, um, keep them happy, make sure the relationship between, between the client and yourselves is good. And obviously the, the client and the rest of the team. So. Yeah, you still still like to get involved in in the technical stuff. Um, there, there's always some problems that pop up. Um, the the job that we're on now is uh, is a construct only job, so the 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 full project has been designed. Um, there's there's always some issues. There's always some holes in the design where um, you're you're ready to you're ready to start a piece of construction, but um, you find out because of ground conditions or something else that uh, it can't be installed the way it's supposed to. So you um, you end up getting the the design team, the engineer, the client in a room figure out what the best way forward is. Um, the I suppose the most efficient, the cheapest way to go about it. Right. Um, sounds, sounds interesting. Yeah. 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 So you, it's it's still good to get involved in some of the technical stuff, and um, you still get a small opportunity. Yeah, that's good to hear. So you've got you've got a bit of a mix. Um, just want you to kind of think back a little bit now for for a minute to your time in GMIT. Uh, what do you think was the most important thing that you learned in GMIT for your career so far? Um, I'm. Uh, I'm not sure would it be, I wouldn't say it was one of the, the modules that we learned, but I think the, with the area that I've gone and ended up in a, a much more of a management space, I think the, 
the group projects that we ended up doing, and especially in the in the couple of years in the honors degree, I think it um it really got you used to working working as a team, um working with people and um trying to I suppose you've got the problem solving, you've got a you've got to get everybody working together to um get a, get the end result. It was um it was probably one of the more valuable things you end up doing uh because it's it's all relevant to um to what you're doing right now right okay so just i suppose that the ability to just work with other people yeah yeah i mean i, I suppose in the when i when i went to intel it was um it was very much sit down at your computer and get through your your bits of design um, but on the construction side, yeah, it's um, it's working with those people, problem solving, and um, trying to uh, to to get it done. So, David, would you have any advice or tips for our students in GMIT now? Uh, yeah, I suppose the when when I came out of college, I went for I went down the design side of things. Um, I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy it and I changed I changed and went down the construction side. Um so advice would be uh if once you get out of college and you go into your first job and you're you um if you find that it's not for you, um don't be afraid to break away within the first couple of years and um go down a different path. There's um there's plenty of paths that you can go down with this degree. So um, yeah, don't be afraid to to break ties and start over. Right, that's that's very interesting advice. That's kind of higher level stuff. Um, so I suppose it kind of goes back to the whole idea that the kind of degree in civil engineering can lead down lots of different paths really. I mean, you, you're kind of unusual in the sense that you had quite a different change in direction because most people kind of, think that I'm going to be a design engineer or I'm going to be uh, an on-site or a, a contractual engineer, but you've actually done a bit of both, which is very interesting to hear. But you seem happy, you seem happier with the contracting side of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's helped. Um, it's, uh, you, get a, you get a better understanding of what the, what the design side of things are going through. Um, the, I suppose their, their processes and um, Again, it goes back to the communication side of things. Um, you really need to be very clear with the design team on what what your priorities are, um, what exactly what pieces of information you need because it will that information goes to from the design manager back to what I would have been the design engineer, and if that's not clear, that design engineer will just go about his go about his business, whatever he's doing. Um, not not going for what you need them to go for right so the bit of experience you got in the design office has kind of given you an insight as to what you should be looking for when you're on the the contracting side of it yeah and the the graduates over over here in new zealand to do they've got a pretty good program going where they um where they'll They'll spend their first three years out of university. They'll go to a a designer, um, a client, and a contractor over the first three years, 
and then they at the end of that three years they'll they'll decide whether they want to be client contractor or design um it's it, it's actually really good for the student as well because um you, you get a taste of all instead of like what i did was go for go go into the design thing straight away and um find out it wasn't for me yeah that's interesting it's uh, definitely um a model that I can see I can see how it would work you know that at the end of that period of time you're going to have a very clear idea of what you want to do with, with the rest of your life so that's yeah that's a good model um here's a big question for you then what would you say is the best thing about being a civil engineer um I suppose relating back to back to work and what I'm doing um I think Getting, getting together with a group of people, um, solving a problem, whether it's design or how to construct this, um, and then meeting, meeting that target. Um, or even you've got you've to open a road by such a date, you've got, a, um, you've got X amount of obstacles that you've you got to get through. You, um, you sit down, you figure it out with a group of people, you get through it and hopefully hit the date. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably the, the, the best thing about it. So is it a case that you kind of get a bit of satisfaction out of, out of solving those type of problems? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, good. it's good working with people that um, if, you, if you achieve it, you go and have a few pints after, there's a, there's a good buzz about it. Oh, great. Yeah, that's good to hear. So w would you recommend civil engineering as a career maybe to somebody who's maybe thinking about their college next year or whatever? Uh, yeah, definitely. Just, um, just because of how broad it is. I think um, Brian said in his interview there as well, he touched on it. There's, um, there's just so many different avenues you could go down. Um, I've been graduated for eight or nine years and I've obviously um, had a had a try at design and construction but there there's clients there's um you could you could end up on anything really um I'm sure once we we go through the rest of the interviewers uh, or the interviewees um everybody's going to have something different that they've gone through absolutely yeah that seems to be coming out as a bit of a theme really from all of these episodes that the various different roles that graduates have had and in your case you've had multiple roles so you're, you're evidence of it in yourself do you have any current projects or anything interesting going on that you'd like to tell the listeners about um i suppose the the most interesting project i've been involved in is that that one in kaikora um so i was in, involved there for for two years and it was um it was a massive job the um easily the most interesting job I've been on. The, so there was an earthquake um, back in November of 20, well, I'm just reading my LinkedIn page here to figure out, uh, 2016. And um, it, it basically cut off the, the main state highway that goes northbound. So um, from, from Christchurch to the, to the top of the South Island, there, there are two main routes. Um, the main route is State Highway One, which was totally shut down with a with a landslide, a multiple landslides. And the other route would have been would have added an extra three or four hours to the journey. 
So it was it was the main it was the main route north in the country, and that that road was shut down for a year. So we we started construction there in about um, in about February of of twenty seventeen, the following year, and the the government announced that we basically needed to open the road for December twenty seventeen. Um, so it was, it was just a huge, a huge effort to, um, to, to get it open. The, the main infrastructure we were building there, we had a, a 220 meter, uh, five span bridge to build, um, in between two, two seawalls. So when the, the landslide came down, um, so the, the road, the main road runs along the the edge of a cliff, I suppose, with the the sea on the other side. It's along the east coast of New Zealand, and there there's multiple landslides that came down with uh, mil mil of, there's probably one and a half million cubic meters of um of dirt that fell, um that had to be cleared and then a, a new road built. So the uh the new the new road couldn't go where the existing one was because if you if you if you build a new road where the where that one was there's always a risk that another landslide will come down so to get around that we had to uh offset the road by about uh 20 30 meters in places uh which actually put the road in in the sea so uh, we ended up constructing uh, an MSC wall of mass concrete sea box, uh, which was underwater during high tides and um, uh, built, built that up. There's two, two sea walls over one and a half kilometers um, in total uh, with that bridge in the middle. But um, yeah, built them up offset from the road and then to eliminate the risk of any future landslides, we would have had various um, uh, bonding and rock netting and um, uh, structures just to catch any future landslides, because it was um, it was always it was always a risk even while we were working there that there there is another earthquake or a tremor, and and that rocks will continue to fall. So. Um, any any material that falls off the off the cliffs um, now should be caught in the bond, and then the yeah the new road should be unaffected. Wow, that that definitely sounds very interesting. And were you on site for that, or were you at the management level for that one? Uh, same same one there, construction manager. So on that one, it was um it was a good bit bigger that project. Um, on on my team we. Uh, we would have had uh, f about 15 engineers, um, three main sites with site supervisors and, and on the ground staff of, um, of labor and subbies of uh, up to 400 people. Um, so it was, a, it was a huge, huge project. Wow, I'd say you were, you were busy. And just remind me, the timeline on that was, was quite short, was it? Yeah, so we started we started clearing the slips in February, and we had to have the road open for December twenty fifteen. Wow. Um, so the 
we did get the road open, but it was it was far from finished. So the the sea walls that I'm talking about, they uh, they average about six meters high, and um, in some places up to eleven. Um, on December opening, they would have been only uh, built half halfway up in places. So there would have been another five, maybe not five six meters, maybe another three or four meters to build on top. So we would have built it to about 50%, open it for December 2015. And then the following year, we would have continued to operate um, operate with traffic running alongside us and building that extra uh, three or four meters. Wow, that sounds very interesting. I, I'm sure it was uh, a bit of a headache to try and meet that kind of a deadline. Even to get it open for December, that was a, a huge achievement, I'm sure. Um, so, David, I'm just about finished now, and I just wanted to ask if people want to get in touch with you to ask you anything about what you've you've said there. Um, how how can people get in touch? Uh, yeah, go go for LinkedIn. I think there's only two people on LinkedIn with my name, so you can't um, you can't go too far wrong. Okay, that's great. Well, listen, David, it's been really lovely to catch up with you and. Uh, it's been uh, you've you've had an exclusive. You're you're our first, I suppose, truly international uh, guest on the on the podcast. Uh, certainly from the far side of the world. So thanks very much for joining me. I've I've enjoyed the chat, and uh, it's been great to hear how well you're doing since you left GMIT. So thank you. Cool. Thanks, Wayne. Good to catch up. So that's David's story. I hope you enjoyed listening to him talking about his time in GMIT and also his time as a young graduate where he worked as a design engineer for a number of years, but then made the brave decision to change direction in his profession and to go into the construction side of it. And he backed himself. He backed his decision to do that. And I think there's a lesson to be learned there for everybody. Now, I did say I wanted to give you some extra information about one of the projects which David worked on, and that is the Kaikoura Coastal Road and Rail Reclamation job, which was completed in 2017. And that actually won the Institute of Civil Engineers 2018 People's Choice Award. So I think it's fantastic for David that he has a project at that scale, which was valued at just over 1.1% billion dollars it's fantastic that he has that on his cv and it's also fantastic that he can say he has the satisfaction of working on a project which has made such a big difference to the lives of the people in that region if you'd like to take part in the podcast all you have to do is reach out via email to wayne.gibbons at gmit.ie and i'd be delighted to hear from anybody who wants to take part or anybody who wants to nominate somebody to take part Until the next time, stay safe.